Welcome to Follow, a Latter-day Saint scripture poetry podcast. My name is Mary Jane Rice. Thank you for joining me today. The reading this week is 1 Nephi chapters 1 through 5. The poem I'm sharing today was inspired by the story of what Nephi did to recover the brass plates as recorded in 1 Nephi chapter 4 verses 7 through 18. If you'd like to read along, you can find this poem on my website at maryjanerice.com. Let's begin. Killing Laban An awful gulf divides foolish boy who admires fine swords from heart-sick man who cuts through sinews like Abraham offering sacrifice if he hadn't been stopped by the angel who argues and wrestles to submission. I am not a mighty poet, and these plates are small, so I won't write how I still wake at night, but instead beg mercy, wretched as I am, for the part within me that hesitates in retrospect at what it means to always go and do what God commands. I had several poems I could have used for this week's reading. I chose this one because it's about a moment in Nephi's personal story that I think shaped his behavior and beliefs forever afterward. I think it also affected the behavior and beliefs of his family members down through generations. This poem is from the perspective of Nephi, but one of the things Latter-day Saint writers often try to do is understand the story in 1 Nephi from the perspective of Nephi's brothers, Laman and Lemuel sometimes for comic effect and sometimes to help identify the bad habits these older brothers have that we should be wary of in ourselves. I've also tried to understand Laman and Lemuel's perspective, but more from the understanding that most people do not think they are the bad guys in the story. Very few human beings think they are themselves evil or acting on bad motives. We all have good reasons and justifications for why we do what we do, reasons that paint us in a more sympathetic light even when we make mistakes that we should have known better than to do. So why did Laman and Lemuel behave so aggressively toward Nephi, especially after the events alluded to in this poem? I think there are several things going on here. First Nephi chapter 4 is a very grim part of the history where Nephi follows spiritual promptings that ultimately result in him killing a man named Laban, who is passed out drunk and unable to defend himself so that he can gain access to his property. I know that is a very blunt way of saying it and not at all how Nephi tells the story, but I think it is probably how Laman and Lemuel came to view the events in retrospect. I wonder if Nephi himself didn't sometimes struggle with the results of those actions. Don't get me wrong, I I think he was sure that he did the right thing, not just situationally, but specifically what God directed him to do. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't difficult and gruesome or that he didn't feel awful and perhaps a little guilty afterwards. Killing a person would leave a mark on anyone's psyche, but especially a young and inexperienced person, as I imagine Nephi would have been, a teenager or early 20s at most, and especially a person who was as strict in his observation of the law as Nephi always had been. I imagine Nephi went through the same struggle of conscience that Abraham had when he was commanded to sacrifice Isaac, but in this case there was no last-minute reprieve. 
I think it's probable that Laman and Lemuel ultimately came to view Nephi's actions in the same way any other resident of Jerusalem would have, that he had murdered Laban and stolen his property. If that's what they suspected, they could have justified their later binding of Nephi hand and foot and threatening to kill him by saying that he deserved it. It also sort of foreshadowed their later accusations that Nephi had stolen the brass plates from them, who should have rightfully inherited them as Lehi's eldest sons, just like he had stolen them from Laban originally. Thus, the tradition amongst the Lamanites was established from the beginning that descendants of Nephi are all liars and thieves and probably murderers to boot. Nephi must have wrestled with a lot of bitterness toward his brothers because of this, which comes through in his later commentaries about them. Perhaps this led to a need to explain his actions very clearly in 1 Nephi chapter 4. So he spells out all the reasons why what he did was not only necessary, but commanded by the Spirit. Anyway, I, I really admire Nephi, not because I think he did everything perfectly, and sometimes he even comes off as a little annoying in his youthful ardor when he lectures his brothers. But what I really admire about him is his willingness to do whatever the Lord required of him, to put his full, unstinting effort into bringing a desired goal to fruition. He had no doubt that anything God commanded him to do, he could do, even if he had to do it alone, even if it took him years to do it. He possessed great spiritual gifts to help him navigate the difficult things he had been foreordained to do, and I very much envy the clarity with which he received personal revelation and his confidence in his ability to receive it. He reminds me a lot of Joseph Smith in this respect. I'm going to provide a link in the show notes to an interesting article I read at bookofmormoncentral.org titled, why did some in Lehi's time believe that Jerusalem could not be destroyed? This article covers six factors that may have contributed to the belief that Jerusalem was inviolable. I think it helps explain why Laman and Lemuel doubted Lehi's prophecies about the coming destruction, since it didn't match what many religious leaders were teaching at the time. And it helps with my own project of understanding their viewpoint, even if I think they acted very wrongly based on motivated reasoning. Now I'll read the poem for you again. Killing Laban An awful gulf divides foolish boy who admires fine swords from heart-sick man who cuts through sinews like Abraham offering sacrifice if he hadn't been stopped by the angel who argues and wrestles to submission. I am not a mighty poet, and these plates are small, so I won't write how I still wake at night, but instead beg mercy, wretched as I am, for the part within me that hesitates in retrospect at what it means to always go and do what God commands. That's all for today. You can find more of my poetry at facebook.com slash latterdaysaintpoetry or visit maryjanerice.com. That's M-E-R-R-I-J-A-N-E-Rice.com. My contact information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. May your time spent in the scriptures this week be rewarding.